Good evening, everyone. This is Peyton Fisher, and it is approximately 2.33 here on March the, March the 10th. <laughs> Forgot which day it was. And I have, who do I have with me in the office today? Donna McBean, Neighborhood Connection. And we are going to learn about some amazing things today. Super excited about that. And it's, it's going to be a ton of fun here. So what we're going to do, guys, right now, give us about a 30-second pause. We are going to get everything Facebook live streaming. So go ahead and pull your phone out. You have my phone. No, I give it back to you. It's right there. Oh. Hello. <laughs> okay. So while I'm sharing this, Donna, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, why you do, and hand me that phone. Okay. Uh, I'm executive director with Neighborhood Connection. We're a nonprofit. We um, try to alleviate hunger for uh, school children, specifically elementary kids. So many of them get fed Monday to Friday at school with breakfast and lunches, but then on the weekend they have um, maybe not enough food or maybe not any food. So we um, try to alleviate some of that hunger. So tell us, how long have you been doing this? Uh, this coming May, uh, we'll have finished up our third year. Okay. And how, how, did, how did this all come about? Are you a native to here to St. George? No, I'm not. I'm from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Oh, we have Canadians serving the Americans. Okay. Yes. I'm intrigued, so let's hear more. Let's hear it's more. what we Canadians do. <laughs> and that and say sorry. Okay. Sorry? Sorry. Uh, all right. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Well, let's hear more about that. So tell us tell us your journey down here. How, how long have you been here, you said? Since 2005. Okay. We came down here. Uh, we were um, in the antique business and auction business. And we would bring semi-loads of um, antiques down to uh, California. What, what would you bring down? What kind of loads? Antiques. Si so, specifically... Semi-loads? Semi-loads? So I just got to make sure... Big and, trucks. Okay, I just got to make sure I want to, you know, translate for those Americans who don't quite understand the Canadian language. The big trucks. The big rigs, okay? okay. The big rigs, okay. Yeah. And we specifically... Um, uh, Specialized in uh, turn of the century wagons, wagon wheels, uh, farm implements, horse drawn vehicles. That's sort of what we specialize in. You say in. horse drawn vehicles? Yes. Do those still happen? People still drive horse drawn vehicles. Yes, they do. Okay. The Amish, for one. <laughs> so you sold a lot of those to, so you guys would build them and then bring them? No, down. no. They're antiques. We would find them. Oh. No, we didn't build them. No. Okay. We would find them, buy them from whoever wanted to sell them, and then we would bring them down here for auction, down to California for auction, not to St. George. Okay. And is that is that a big business? I don't know anything about that. It can be. Okay. And then, but with auctions, you never know. It can be a good one and maybe not so good sometimes, right? So, yeah. Okay. So our goal, so in, in the listeners, to, to understand this also, our goal is to know who you are as a person. We I know you do wonderful things every single day. My goal is to be able to help show people here in St. George what you're doing, who you really are as a person, what your business background is, that you came from Canada and that you've came here and you're you're helping us. We appreciate that by the way. That's okay. So tell us so tell us tell us more about your antique business. Tell us more about did you run other businesses? Kind of give me the chronological order. So Bringing down, we we were coming through on the I-15 all the time, and we fell in love with St. George, who, who can't, because it's beautiful here. And it's difficult to 
pick. Um, you've seen that show, uh, American Pickers, uh-huh. I'm assuming. Is that real? So, well, I think they probably exaggerate a lot of that, but, you know, it's real enough. Uh, and that's basically what we did in Canada. We were pickers. So it's hard to pick in Canada when it's 40 below and everything's frozen into the ground. So we thought we would winter here and then go to Canada okay. uh, and pick in the summer times. So that's what we did at first. But then, you know, life happens and we stopped doing that for various reasons and uh, ended up... We didn't want to leave here, and we just fell in love with the place. Okay. And so 2005, you decided to stay? Yes. Okay, so tell me then, so let's back up again a little bit further then, and let's go. You ran the antiquing business. What did you do business before that? I owned two service stations, and before that, I managed uh, shopping centers. Wow. So give us give us some business advice. Tell us about running shopping centers and convenience stores. Well, shopping centers has changed quite a lot these days from the boom that they used to be in. It, uh, I don't know a lot about them now. I know a lot of them are hurting. They're they're changing things to get people in. There's, it's it's just a whole different sort of business now. I really don't know a lot about it now. Uh, running um, the service stations was interesting. Uh, you would certainly, I was in a rougher area of town and, um, so it was, uh, it, w- it was an eye opener. What, why was it rough? Was it rough when you were running the service station or running the service station now is rough? No, it was rough. The neighborhood that the service stations were in was a, um, a rougher neighborhoods. Okay. And so you, the ones that you owned personally were? Yes. Okay. Tell us about some experiences there that you're able to... What my goal here is for us to see what you've been able to learn from there, from your business, and how you're able to apply that into what you're doing now. Does that make sense? Yes. I saw a lot of women that um, um, had to do things to make a living, and um, it was uh, and were treated badly. And I had great empathy for them, and and so did my husband. And you know, um, and we weren't able to do much for them. So um, now I have an opportunity to, being down here, I have an opportunity to help people. So I think it was an eye-opener having those gas stations. I never had seen people having to live like that before. Okay. And so did that help your compassionate side grow at that time? It certainly did. Yeah, it certainly did. did you, were you always this compassionate your whole life? I think so. I I was volunteering since I was about 14, so maybe. Yeah. Okay. What, maybe. What initially drew you to volunteer? Just uh, I think it was just uh my parents did, so you know, it was just the way we were brought up to, to to give service, you know, to help out. So your family was a big service-oriented family. Yes. So, you know, it just is what we did and, you know, and it brings great joy, you know, to to us. I mean, you know, we end up benefiting from it, you know. I mean, it brings great joy to us. Okay. Yeah, and brought us close together as a family. Certainly brought my husband and I closer together how doing many, that. How many siblings did you have in your family? One. Okay, so you and a brother or sister? Brother, yeah. You and a brother. Yeah. So you guys grew up helping serve people. Yes. What kind of service projects did you do growing up? Working with um, the elderly with our church group, working, doing a lot of work with our elderly. And then uh, when I got to um, in my late teens— um, I worked at, um, oh, they called them, I don't think it's that nice a name now, but it would be for the mentally ill. And uh, 
that was a huge eye opener for uh, for me and uh, uh, my girlfriends. We we all did it. Uh, so that's really where I started. And then for a number of years, it was just working, you know, because it was just survival mode. You know, you get a career going, you're doing this. And then um, I moved to northern Canada and started getting back into to doing service with different um, boys and girls club, with the school boards, that sort of thing. And then, but down here, I mean, you know, everybody is so darn nice down here. And you just want to be part of the community and... Everybody gives down here. I've never been in a place where the community is such a giving place. So is it not? So when you say you've, I want to repeat that. You said you've never been in a place that's as giving as here. What's it like differently? What's it like where you're from? Well, it was big cities. So that's a difference. I mean, if I was in Vegas, it would be different. Here it's still so small town. um, Attitudes still here. And, uh, you know, we wave at each other all the time. I'm not saying that... uh, in Vancouver, it's a lovely place, but I'm not sure that we wave at each other all the time. <laughs> you know, they might think you're a little nuts. And, you know, in Vegas, you don't wave, uh, wave at people all the time. But here, you know, you do. Uh, it's just, um, it's different here. It's just very different here. Why do you think it's different? Hmm. I think uh, because of the history of, of uh, St. George and Utah. And I think uh, with the with the main church... It, um, I, I think they're very giving. I think um, they're. I think the Mormons are very service orientated, and uh, you can't help but uh, want to be a part of it. That's incredible. So, so with your passion to serve and being in a community that serves so much, talk to us about how neighborhood connection even came about. Did it just come about three years ago? Had you been thinking about this? Tell me how it started I, to evolve. I can't take credit for the uh, original idea. Okay. Um, some of us girls were were at a, a a gala one night, and one of the gals said, "You know, there's a there's a big problem here in St. George about kids going home hungry, and there's different programs ac- across the United States that, that people do, you know, sending home food." And uh, we kind of just looked at each other and the three of us and thought, "Well." We can do that. That's easy, right? You know, little knowing that it wasn't so easy. But uh, we thought, ah, we can do that. We can start that. And so, really, that's how it started. I I can't take any credit for the for the idea. Well, you you're know? a part of the credit. I am part of the credit, but I'm not the original thought. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't know that there was such a serious problem with with childhood hunger. I had no idea till then. So tell me. So give me the time frame. So this was how many years ago that you you ladies were three at a gala? Year, yeah, three years ago. Okay. Yeah. So. So from the time that it was spoken, we should do something about this. Give me, give me the. That idea. would have been about um, maybe April, and by uh, September, might have been February. Okay, so it would have been February, and by September we were in business. March, April, May, June, July, August, September. So about eight months. Yes. Okay. From conception to you say in business. Now you're not in business to make money. You're in business to serve. Right. Is that fair? Yes. I mean, you do have to have some money to serve, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that a little bit more. So tell me what it was like starting. Is this your first, this is a nonprofit, is that right? Yes. Okay. Is it a registered nonprofit? Oh, yes. It's a 501c3. Yes. Perfect. Yes. So people can donate, get oh. tax write-offs, all yes, the good stuff. Yes, they can. Yep. Okay. So tell me about the the starting of it. Was it hard to start? 
who who came up with the money to start this? Because it's not cheap to to manage and make everything happen. We did it with <clears throat> we did it with no money. First off, we got the right people on our boards. Okay. Uh, uh, we got um, uh, a very nice couple, Jim and Carla Sipple. They own their own. They're both CPAs and they own their own uh, CPA business plus management uh, consultants. Financial consultants, I should say, and uh, so and he and I, he and his wife and I did a lot of other charity work together. So I just, so and all the charity work I did, I did with them. So I just phoned them and I said, "What do you think of this idea?" They went, "Oh, sure, we can do that." And uh, so I said, "Well, we'll need a five hundred one c three." And he went, "Oh, sure." He says, "I'll form us a company and get us a." And so that was easy because he did it all and was bing, bam, boom, and we had a company. Well, now I just have to say, normally it's not quite that easy. It was really easy. That's so cool, though, for you yes. to, be, to have that. Yeah. So if I can take something from that and maybe share from that again, if you want to do something like this, you need to get with the right people. Yes. Because having them on your side, it made things a lot easier for you. Oh, yes. We'd probably still be on paperwork if it was up to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Okay, so keep going. You want to bring in people that um, that uh, um, that we all are bringing something something to the table. You know that we all, you know, we're not all good at everything, and so it's nice to bring a diverse group of people together, and we're all bringing stuff to the table, and we all like each other, and we're working for a common cause. Okay, so I talk to a lot of people about doing service and. A lot of people say and say, well, I'd love to do that, and I'd like to start this, and I'd like to start that. Is there one thing that you would say to somebody to say to get them going? What would be the best thing for them to start on their journey? Like you're, you've been on a journey for a long time. What was the first thing that you did to just start on with your doing service? I would say research it. Research? Yes. We also uh, – so we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know how to make a pack. We didn't know what kind of food. And we phoned up um, a gal by the name of Diane Browning, who works for, worked uh, for Senator Hatch. Okay. And she's one of those gals that just, you phone her and she knows everything or who to call. Or <laughs> So she sent us to, and I'm giving full credit to this other woman, Lorna. And Lorna runs the same kind of program that we do in Bountiful. Plus, she runs a pantry, too. Her organization is huge. She does over 2,500 kids every week. Plus, she has a pantry, too. 2,500 kids a week? Kids a week. Kids. Ch- children a week, yes. Whoa. So we we phoned her, and she said, come on up. So we went up and met her, and she is so generous, not only with her time, but also her um, ideas and how she advertises and how she gave us all her print stuff. We can you she said just put your own name on it, wipe white out my name and um, we're all in the business to feed kids. We have no egos here. We're just feeding kids. So she set us on the path of how to buy stuff, how to, you know, how to put the pack together. We would put packs together with her. She showed us what we were supposed to do. And so Another, you know, just because somebody thought of phoning Diane Browning and, you know, we got to Lorna and boof. So we got really lucky. We got really lucky. By Was it luck or was it the right path? Right path. Yeah, I would say it's probably <laughs> the right path. We can take a little bit of yes. luck, too. It's okay. So then it got closer and closer, and we'd already committed to, to do one school for our first year, and it was getting close to the time that we'd have to start. And we had no money. I mean, not a nickel. And, um, so, uh, 
I just kept, and I think we were all did. I shouldn't say just me, all of us, just that we were having, we had faith. We had faith that would work out. And if the faith didn't come through, we were prepared to write checks to cover us for the first year, just in case, because we didn't want to, you know, back out on our commitment. And I went to, um, it's getting closer and closer. I went to Carol Hollowell with uh, the Switchpoint, and I said, can you help? And uh, I said, we really need some help here. And so they put enough food together for us that would last the first couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden the money started coming in. And what does that mean, the money started coming well, in? Well, people, you know, I, um, I kept going around, you know, at everybody every, everybody and their dog, telling people what we were doing. And um, a lot of us know a lot of people. And we started getting some checks in, you know. And um, so we, so that's the money started coming in. And then we applied for a couple of grants. And we were... Um, doing the shopping. So now we had some money to go shopping for food. And uh, another big uh, blessing for us was meeting the right people at Walmart, at the Walmart store, the Bloomington Walmart store, because they were helping us shop. And they said, "Mm, you should really buy that over there. It's a better price. And so our packs, when we first started, were costing us $5 a pack. And because of Walmart showing us how to shop smarter, they went down to $3 a pack. And that's a huge saving. So, um, so many things. Uh, uh, this is not a, a, a one-person show. This is like when we called ourselves the Neighborhood Connection, and that was not mine either. It was a girlfriend of mine that came up with Neighborhood Connection. I'm not taking credit for any of this. Um, it really is a neighborhood. You know, our community is a neighborhood. We can't we can't do this without each other. You We have to do something, uh, and I passionately believe this, we have to do something about the kids and uh, them going hungry. They don't do as well as school. You know, the stats are out there that, you know, and uh, and it's heartbreaking seeing these kids hungry. So um, it it takes more than our little group. It takes the neighborhood helping us, everybody. Okay, so let's let's come back to you— we we lo- we got off tangent when I asked oh, you. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. So oh, now I'm trying to think of where we were just at. Where were we? Where were we? So you had you had just you were just getting or you were just about the money was just starting to flow in. You talked to Carol over at Switchpoint, right? Which is an amazing community program. Yes. Uh, and you you said the money just started flowing in. So how are you starting to use the first funds? You you told me that you were just starting Buy to shop food. at Walmart. Okay. Just buy food. So plain and simply buy food. Yeah. So at this point, where's all the food going? You're buying. How many kids do you have to help out? What What's the goal to help for the first time? For our first year. Yep. It was about hundred kids a week. Hundred kids a week. So you need to make a hundred packets. Three hundred dollars a week. Three hundred dollars a week. Twelve hundred a month. Twelve hundred a month. Ten it, months. Is that twelve thousand dollars? And that's just covering the food. That's not covering anyone's time, gas, no, car, no. insurance, business, nothing. Mm, mm, nothing. Okay. So you're into this twelve hundred a month. Tell me how that. Tell me how that looked the first few months. How did that play? Did you do? Did you do everything? Did you go to the Walmart and they helped you pack? How how, how did it work? No. Um, what we started to do, we, we were buying stuff off the shelf, but then we started Walmart again, telling us we could just phone an order in, and then when the, the when the trucks came into the warehouse with our with our pallets. They would just phone us. We'd go down there. We'd pay for it, load the trucks up, and then bring it back to my garage. Okay. 
Yes, so which you, is our office. So you were <laughs> so you were handpicking everything out at like, first. Us, we were not just me. Us, we were all shopping. Okay, so how many did you have helping you? The board was helping. Is that three? No, um, I'm trying to think. It was about five or six of us that were helping. Yeah, five or six yeah, of you. Five or six of us. Okay, whoever had time because you know we all worked. That's a you lot know, of, so that's you know, a lot of time still. Well, it's only a hundred packs a week. I mean, that's now it seems like you know it's no big deal, right? <laughs> but you know, Walmart pretty well organizes pretty quick there. So then we were just phoning in orders and then just picking them up when it was ready to be picked up. Okay, so they've played a big role, a big help in all this. Yes, they have. That's, yeah, that's awesome. They get a lot of bad press, but you know, I can't say enough good things about them. That's awesome. And the staff is just. And we don't we don't hear enough good things about. You know, they. No. How many people do they employ? I know hundreds and hundreds yes. of people here. Yeah. So they're helping you. The staff's helping you. So your first order. Tell tell, tell me about the first order. The first hundred packs that you delivered. What was that like? Oh, it was great. Well, and the first order was really Carol Hollowell. She had rounded up the food for us. Okay. And um, the first pack we did with uh, Cherry Creek Radio, they came and volunteered, and. Uh, um, my friend Marianne Coombs, who was managing the Falls Event Center at that point, gave us the space to do it. And we had pizza and we just had so much fun. And we thought, oh, this is such a big operation doing because we were doing 200 packs so that we'd have enough for two weeks. Okay. That, and that's the amount of food we had that first time. And uh, it, was, it was just great. And Cherry Creek Radio has been... Uh, I've got to mention them too because even before we were... We were barely an entity, and we went, hadn't started a business, and they gave us a van. You know, an, oh, their used van, and um, they gave us a van, and um, Steamroller put the wrap on for us. Uh, I mean, you know, do you see what I mean? It's the community, right? It's the community. And we had no track record. None. None. That's so cool. Okay, yeah. so uh, your first event goes down. You Pizza, everyone's having fun. Well, we all know it when things get exciting, and then week three happens— did it, everyone disappears? There's still excitement. Oh. Is there still movement? Oh, there's still lots of excitement. And and once people started to know what we were doing, the volunteers were coming out of the woodwork. Everybody wanted to help. Everybody wanted to help. Okay. Yeah. It was it was great. So give me so we know the first one went okay. Give me week or week four through week let's say fifty two. Tell me about the first year. What kind of issues did you have, challenges, things that you had to overcome that you didn't even know you were going to have to overcome? We didn't really have that whole lot. You know, I mean, it's just a matter of getting money in. That's that's the key thing is just getting the money in. And everything else, you know, once you got money, then you can buy the food. And the volunteers, there's always volunteers around that want to help. I mean, so it's and uh, getting people to volunteer at the school, handing out the packs, I mean— that's the big blessing. You know, that's the fun day. That's the fun time. So is that what most people want to do? Actually, most people want to just come on over to my garage and help open boxes and put packs together. Yeah, it's okay. fun. Yeah. So tell You'll me, have to come one day. Yeah. I need to. I, I, you know? We just, when we went out that day, we just went and dropped them off at the school. Right. But one and that's what we do with most of the schools. But one school, and Sunset Elementary, and that was our starter school, we actually hand them to the kids that day. Okay. Yes. So tell me about how, uh, do kids get made fun of when they when other kids see them grab these packs, when they know that they're, that they're I getting help? I don't think it's such a big issue with um, the elementary kids. That's why we can't do it at middle school, because uh, the kids, um, I don't know if they get made fun of, but the children themselves don't want to take the packs because they're embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But the elementary kids, you know, it's uh, 
you know, some of these other kids come in and they're not part of the group. Well, can we have one too? You know, because just because they look cool or, uh, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. t- so I know you said that there's never been a challenge, but I think your, your, your pathway to heaven is already paved. <laughs> but let's talk about for the normal, I hope for the normal mortal person <laughs> who struggles. Tell me what, what type of things that, that someone else could have seen as a struggle, because I know you're, you're giving in kind and you don't see things as challenges, if you were to take a step back and say, what challenges, what what has been kind of hard? What what have you had to do to overcome? A, you had to get money. B, you had to find volunteers. You've had to do these things. What Does that make sense? Well, I think having such good friends and, and good board members, I mean, it, it made it a lot easier, you know, because it, it, it isn't, it, this isn't the Donna show. It's the group show. Okay. You know, and so... Well, everybody kind of pitched in and did and did what they can, what they what they had time for, right? Okay, so let's take a step back. So okay. you, you said something great. You said great friends and great people. So let's talk about that because people who want to do something good, they're well, I don't know the right people. Well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to how do you find people who are serving? How do I find them? Yeah. I don't they seem to find me. <laughs> That's because you say yes. <laughs> Donna, can you help me? Yes, I can. Oh. Yeah. Well, and I'm a lot like you. We go everywhere. We talk to everybody. It's not like you and I are that shy. I do see you everywhere I think <laughs> right. I go. I, I'm like, Donna's <laughs> going to be here. Where is she? Yeah. Donna. She must be sick. She's not here today. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, what does that mean you go everywhere? Tell me about that. Well, um, you and I both belong to the chamber. Mm-hmm. I'm also um, a Dixie Sunshiner, which is the, we're like the ambassadors for the chamber. Okay. Um so we go to all the ribbon cuttings, the groundbreakings, the what made, open what houses. You, did you do that specifically so you could run Neighborhood Connections? I only just became a Sunshiner within the last year. Okay. And um, I thought it would be a great way to meet more people, you know, because I don't know enough. And uh, um, I thought it would be great for the business, too. Okay. I did. And I thought it would be, and, it, and that's a way to give back to the community. You know, a lot of these places um, that are they're, they're brand new businesses, and it's nice to go there and support them on their opening day or their groundbreaking or, you know, I mean, and, and it's a nice group of people with the Sunshiners. They're, they're lovely people. They're lots of fun. We have a good time together, and we make um, good connections, help each other out. Another great group who has uh, really helped me out, uh, I've only belonged to them a little over a year, is that Hurricane Chamber of Commerce. They are a wonderful group of people. It's it's smaller, so it's kind of more folksy. And uh, But, gee, they're a nice bunch of people. Can't say enough things about nice things about them. So tell me a little bit about when you go to these events. Do you ask people for money for your, for your nonprofit? Do you get to know them first? Tell me the, the breakdown of how you build up to, to ask someone to say, hey, can you help support our cause? Well, if they let, if when you're brand new to the group, they usually let you speak for a little bit. So, you know, so then you can do a little bit, you can tell them a little bit about yourself. And, and, um, I don't think I've ever asked for money at those. I really don't think so. Okay. Um, so just trying to think, um, I, I don't really ask people for money. Um, how do you get money then? Well, you get a few grants. Um, 
Because um, I know that's what other I know I know how it works, but I want it for the listeners, yeah. the people who um, are watching. How well, does she they get, get all this money? She just says it just falls from heaven. Well, it doesn't. It's a lot of work to get okay. money. There we there's, go. There's grant money. There's, uh, you know, we do mailouts. Um, we do. I, and I do talk to groups when they show up to help pack. I tell them because some some groups, especially the church groups, oftentimes will give us money to pay for that for that night that they're doing the packs. So if and if they're not, I tell them this is how much a pack costs, and to run this for X amount of kids for a full school year costs this much money, and we need your help. It's wonderful that you volunteer, but also if you if you as a group were interested in helping us financially, that'd be great. And then I change the subject. I I just I'm not really comfortable with the hard sell in a social thing. Um, we also put on a, um, a fundraiser. We do, this will be our, uh, we're doing a golf tournament in May. It'll be our second annual golf tournament. Mm. We're also, I'm also with the Rotary um, and uh, they put on a big gala every April and they are so kind. They let, uh, they have a silent auction, a live auction, and they let us bring items in. So we don't even have to go to the work of putting on the gala. We just bring stuff bring items in and the money we make on that we get to keep okay so, so okay so time out one second so you're a part of dixie sunshiners you're yes. part of uh the chamber of commerce of st george the chamber of commerce of hurricane you're a part of the rotary the rotary so four things that are all very interactive right and how often do you attend things like that well uh hurricane chamber only meets once a month okay uh rotary meets once a week okay. chamber well, the Sunshiners meet once on Monday mornings, and then you go to ribbon cuttings, depending on the week, how many. Uh, uh, then there's the chamber lunch that you and I go to on Wednesdays. And so there you go. This is your, oh, and I'm also on with the, uh, I'm also uh, the state chaplain for the uh, Utah Elks. So you're, you are literally everywhere. Well, I'm not, no. There's other people that are way more places than me, but I am at a few places. <laughs> I think you're way more places than I am. Well, I think the reason why why I say that several times is so many people want to do things. They're just, well, I just don't. I, I'm just. I don't know how to start. I don't know where to go. Just join stuff. Yep, and, and that, join. So I'm saying that yes. over and over to help emphasize: if you want to do something great, just go do it. Yes. Like we've heard about four great programs just right here that you could go join the chamber. Elks, uh, Rotary, the other chamber, and the other chamber, and yeah. Dixie Sunshiners. Now, oh, we're we're about to go live here on on the radio. Okay, so let's give it just one second here, and we're gonna we're gonna pipe in the radio station. Let's see here. Welcome, welcome, everyone. It is March the 10th, <laughs> March the 10th at 3.04 p.m., and I'm just making sure I said the right date. Thankfully, I have Donna Amazing McBean 
Is that right? Yes. McBean in the office today with me. And we are talking about neighborhood connections. I am so excited that Donna's here. We have we have been amazed already for the first 30 minutes. If you are just joining us live now on the radio, make sure and go on the Facebook Live and watch everything that we've been learning. It's been incredible. So we're going to take about two minutes, sum up what we've talked about, and we're just going to keep going right in, right into all the, the heavy meat of what we've been talking about. So go ahead, tell us who you are, where you're from, how long you've been running Neighborhood Connections, what it is, okay. and, and we'll just keep going. I'm Donna McBean. I'm the executive director with Neighborhood Connection. We've been running this uh, nonprofit for almost three years now. We feed uh, 500. We feed 500 people, 500 elementary students every Friday that have little or no food for the weekends. We've um, we started this uh, almost three years ago. And I'm not sure what else you want me to say about it, you know. Uh, well, where are you from? I'm from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Beautiful okay. BC. So uh, my sister became a Canadian. I Can can you get a dual citizenship Yes, you here? can. Yes, so you can. Is that, are you yes. a dual citizen yes. here then? Yeah. So, and, and I think she can also. I think she is. Yes. So yes. the reason why I say sure. that is we have Canadians amongst us helping us, guys. This is incredible. Yeah. Our work is never done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Either, either way. Yeah. So so we've been talking about the struggles, the the unstruggles, as she, everyone, is an angel and doesn't see almost anything as a problem or a challenge. She just goes for it, which is beyond incredible and is a total, I want to say a, a, a blessing, but a gift, I think, that you're able to just drive through you're things. You're being very kind. <laughs> no, I, I talk to a lot of people- okay. And to hear your story, it's really incredible. And so when I ask her about what challenges she has, she literally says, well, they're not really challenges. We just go do it. And so that's not normal. So I applaud you highly, highly for that. So let's talk about neighborhood connections. You said that you guys feed 500 kids every single weekend. What does that look like? It um, So there are... About 17,000 uh, students in Washington County that are um, that need food, that, that are low income and are Title I kids. And so we feed 500 of them, just elementary ones, every Friday. We give them a pantry pack full of shelf-stable food so that – and everything in that pack, uh, you don't have to have a pot – uh, if you if you're living in your car or there's no stove where you're at or whatever your living conditions are, you can eat the food in our pack. We have um, a cup of soup, so you can go into a gas station and put some hot water in it. Maybe use their microwave. There's uh, Vienna sausages, and the can is a pull top because you might not have a can opener. Um, and so everything. Let's, let's see. Let's see that. Oh, I know sure. we're on the okay. radio, but just for those who are watching Facebook on Live. Facebook. Here it is here. I don't know if you here, can. Let can me we, see it. Can we see? Here, pull can it over here. It? Okay, uh, you do it. Okay. So tell us again, and I'll, and I'll be Vanna White. Okay. So we have... Vienna sausages. Okay. And we have two instant oatmeal. Juice. Candies and uh, cracker sandwiches. Peanut butter cracker sandwiches. And we have... Cup of soup. Yahoo, Yoo-hoo, chocolate milk. The kids love chocolate milk. Is this Canadian? No. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't you. think so. You. <laughs> and uh, a couple of granola bars. And pudding, chocolate pudding and uh, applesauce. And we do not uh, give them vanilla pudding because we used to, when we first started, and after a few weeks, the kids started complaining to us that they don't like vanilla pudding. They like chocolate. So <laughs> there's no sense giving people stuff that they won't eat. So we buy them chocolate pudding. Okay, fair enough. All right. So t- how long does this typically last, kids? Well, hopefully it it's a supplement to what they might already have at home. We're hoping for that. Okay. Uh, otherwise, I don't know. Let's talk about reality. If if they're if they if they actually don't have anything, this is equivalent of two meals. Four meals. Four meals. Two breakfasts, two lunches, two some breakfast. snacks. Okay. I yeah. get, maybe I'm just big and I look at that and say I could eat that all one meal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I might be four. Yes. Might yeah. be four times as big though. Yeah. Okay. So how long does something like this take to pack? Oh. Not long at all, actually. It's assembly line style. Okay. The, the the thing that takes a long time is setting up the assembly line because every box has to be opened and put out to make the assembly line go smooth. So it takes longer to do the setup than it does the, the pack. We can do, depending on the size of the crew, maybe in, um, an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes, we can do a 1,000 packs. A 1,000 packs yes. in an hour and 15 minutes? Yeah. And how many people would that take? Well, um, is that ten people? You can, 20, well, sometimes, people? well, some we can do it with ten or twelve, but sometimes, the um, in September, October, I can't remember now. The Utah um, Presbyterian Youth came down, and there were thirty of those kids okay. in my little tiny garage. <laughs> oh, it was so much fun, and uh, we did about fifteen hundred packs in maybe an hour and a half. Wow! Those, so thirty kids did fifteen hundred packs. Yeah. Yeah, and are they having fun with each other? Oh gosh, they had so much fun, elbowing and flirting, and just oh, having yeah. fun. And sometimes those chocolate bars be flying across the room with somebody <laughs> else, <laughs> you know. So they were having a great time, and they did a wonderful job. And That's, they're coming back, I think, next year. Thank goodness. That is so awesome. Yeah. So five hundred of these get delivered every week. Yes. So you deliver two thousand a month. Yes. That's twenty four thousand. Now that varies. That does vary because some kids might be. Uh, not in school that week. Some kids move around, you know, so the, it fluctuates. I would say between 420, 420 some weeks to 500. So okay. it, it does vary. So if we, if, we, if we just said 500 a week, that's 2,000 a month. That's 24,000 a year. That's like 96,000 meal supplements that you're doing per year. Is yes. that fair? Yes. Is there a bigger need than what you're doing? Oh, yes, there is. Yes. There is. So first let's talk about Let's talk about the greater need, and then let's talk about what we can do as a community to support what you're doing. Tell me about how big of a need there is here just in St. George. In St. George, there's 17,000 kids that, is, that, so, that are in food crisis. Is that grade school to high school? That's that's from kindergarten to grade 12. Okay, so let's talk about the ones that, that we can affect because we can't give or we don't give meals to middle schoolers or high schoolers, right? They not that It's not that we wouldn't. It's that the kids won't take them because they're embarrassed. It just doesn't seem to work. Okay. So that's why we work with the elementary okay. students. Because the elementary students, whoa, they're food. You know, they're good. I could I could see that kids making fun of you and saying you're poor and you don't have enough. That'd be really yeah. hard. I would think so, I yes. Would, I would probably yeah. rather be hungry than have to get yes. teased. Right. Okay, so let's talk about the grade school kids. Do you have an idea of how many grade school kids need help more than what you're able to do? Could, I would think. Uh, could you double your operation? 
Yes, we could. We certainly could double our operation. Okay. Yes. So what's holding back from being able to help Mo- twice as many? Money. Money. Okay. Yeah, money. It so, all comes back to money. Okay. Everything comes back so to money. So if you had an endless supply of money, do you have an idea of how many kids that you'd be able to help every week? I would think probably 1500 if we had a never-ending never supply of money, yes. So you're doing 500 so you need to triple. We yeah. need to tr- help you triple your money. Right. And so, okay, so have you been able to break it down to where you know how much money you need to sustain each month? So that way, when we say this is how much money we need to give you guys, do you have an idea? Do you want to know how much it costs to run it for 500 for a year? Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, how, how much do you guys— $55,000. Okay, so $55,000 a year. So We'll if, feed 500 kids for the school year. 55000 So if we had somebody— Approximately. —in a big corporate, big corporate company who wanted to write you a check. Now, this is dreaming— but, really dreaming, but yes. to say yeah. we need yeah. $165,000 would get you one year at 1,500 kids a week. Right. So if you're out there, corporate sponsor. Now, remember, <laughs> this is a complete taxable donation. <laughs> yeah. And you are— And we're a fun group. And and you're going to get a help 1,500 kids a week know that they're going to have food over the weekend. Cor- I, I can't even imagine my kids going hungry. I just is. No, it I almo- know. It almost brings tears thinking about my little people. I have four kids, and I just can't even imagine them going hungry. So I'm going to say that again. $165,000 to a fully 501c3 nonprofit, you'd be able to feed 1,500 kids per week for an entire year. We had a little boy um, in the fall, and he what, all he was eating was butter because that's all that was in the fridge. Butter. That's so sad. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the things that you're doing right now uh, to help raise money for the cause. You're- Constantly talking to people okay. um, and asking for money uh, and putting on the, the golf tournament May 18th, so Sand Hollow. Put that, sig- uh-huh, put that up there so they can see it. And then also, can you post a link at the bottom of our, our Facebook Live? Can you post a link with that on there? Do you have a link for that? Yes. Okay. So we'll post a link of that at the okay. bottom if you can't see that if you're listening on the radio. I don't know if you can see this or not. It's hard to... Kind of. Yeah, there you there. go a little bit. May there. 18th. May 18th, 8 a.m. Shotgun starts. Sand Hollow Golf Course. Just... Um, How many people can you can you take at that? I think 140. Okay. Do you have any signed up yet? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. How- and you can also, if you don't... If you just want to... You can sponsor a hole for $250. Okay. So they get, tell us what that means to sponsor a hole. To sponsor a hole means you get to have a booth at the at the hole if you want, have your sign up there, and in all our media, we would be putting your name out there and certainly giving you thanks, and we would be so grateful. Okay. So you're looking for 18 hole sponsors? 36. Or mm-hmm. no, yeah, 36. Be nice to have two hole. Two sponsors so, a whole, so, but but you know I would say, I, any amount would be fine with me. If it's five, I'm good with that. Hey, let's right? shoot for the sky and okay. hit the tops of the trees. Okay, let's so go. 36 would be great. Okay, so we yeah. need 36. Do you have any of those yet? We have some whole sponsors. Yes, we do. Okay. Yes. What are you? What type of businesses are you looking for? Any type of business. Okay. Anybody that wants to advertise, we're happy to have them there. So yeah. service businesses, service, T-shirt companies, any, uh, plumbers, uh, electricians, realtors, uh, car car lots, uh, anybody, you know, insurance agencies, you name it. Okay, we're happy to have them. So they can first sponsor by getting a part of the hole. They can come play in the tournament. Tell me about that. So they can play in the ter- tournament. They can put a foursome in. It's a hundred dollars a person. Okay, you get lunch cart. 
bag of goodies. And you get and a there's prizes. Is it 18 holes or nine? 18. Wow, 18 holes. Okay. Yes. So for a hundred bucks, yes, you get 18 holes. You get lunch. Uh-huh. Isn't that about how much it costs to golf out there, anyways? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's cheap golfing out there. Yeah, I, I don't think, think it's cheap. I think it's 80 or 90 bucks. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't golf, so yeah. But I think it's a little pricey at okay. St. Paul. I don't ask anymore. It's beautiful out there. If I'm going to go, I just give my card and say, yeah. "Don't tell me how much that costs." And they've been a bit. Sand Hollow has been a terrific help to us too. And okay. they have a beautiful dining room, lovely food, great golf course. You should. Everybody should be golfing there. Okay. So 18 holes at the very end. Are they doing any fun giveaways? Oh, yes. We'll have prizes. And what does it say here? I'm not, <laughs> not being a golfer. Um, oh, drawings for free rounds of golf uh, at top area go- courses. And uh, prizes for men's, women's, and mixed team scores. Closest to pin and long drive for men and women. Nice. There okay. we go. So you're gonna have all kinds of fun stuff. Yes. Now, are they are they pairing it up with? Is the four? Is it two two doubles, or is it everybody playing against each other? Is it a? It it would be a team. Okay. Yes. So is it best ball? Do you know? So all four hits, everybody chases the best one. Yes, I believe. Ah, so you're gonna have some really good scores then. <laughs> yes. As long as it, yeah. One I out think of, if somebody aces it, you know, they go, okay, we don't need to play anymore. Uh-huh. We'll go on the next hole. Yes. 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 I so, think yes. Best ball, I think. So as long as the one person out of the four hits yeah. a really good one, you're good to go. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Yes, I'm positive that's it. Four persons scramble on the championship course. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Well, that'll be fun. And yeah. then, and then whoever wins the prizes, you better donate them back because this is charity. I know. And then the Rotary <laughs> is having a gala on uh, April eighteenth at uh, the Hilton, and uh, they're letting us uh, ride their coattails on that. And we'll have some auction items in there, and we can make some money. It'd be great to see you. It's seventy five dollars, so you ought okay. to come. Seventy five dollars a person. Seventy five dollars a person. Okay. Can you post that at the? the I can the post also? that. Yes. Awesome. Okay, so those are two things that you're doing that helps generate quite a bit of money, right? Yes. So tell me about how if somebody doesn't have 165000 to donate, tell me about how $5, $10, $20. They can just go on our webpage, click a button, and donate. Okay, do you have, do you have a place where it allows you to donate every single month? Yes, we do. Okay, do you, have, do you help promote that where you can say, hey, if you don't guys donate $10 a we month? We haven't. We haven't. We should, but we haven't. Okay. Promoted that no. Okay. Then you it would almost be sponsoring a kid or sponsor five kids or sponsor uh, an opportunity to help this many kids each week. Right. I think if you approached me on that later, you should approach me and say, Peyton, <laughs> you should. Yeah. Don't, if mean, you gave me twelve bucks a month, you could sponsor one kid uh, a month. I mean that seriously right? though. So what is twelve dollars? A Red Bull right now costs four forty four wow. for two. Okay, okay, so if you buy, so that's four, eight, twelve. That's six Red Bulls, <laughs> is going to literally give a kid food over the weekend. Right. So for four weeks. For four weeks. For four weeks. That's incredible. One yes, kid. One kid. You're going to feed him four weeks. That's eight meals because it's two meals, right? Each. Yes. That's, it's four meals. They get four meals in their pack, so that's sixteen meals they get. For twelve dollars, it's sixteen meals that you're helping yes. a little person. Right. For eight Red Bulls, yes. six Red Bulls. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I say that because how how many people go to the store and buy little tiny things that that they could be helping a greater cause? Exactly. So if yes. you ask, I'll be the first one to sign up. Okay. Twelve dollars a month. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, if you get yeah. if you get a hundred people on that, it really adds up. It's huge. Yes. It it, it yeah. goes it goes really really far. 
So let's talk about, I know you said that you have never experienced any major struggles, but let's talk about what it's like to... Only with this, not that I haven't experienced any struggles in my life. We're just talking neighborhood connections. Okay, with, yes. with neighborhood yes. connections, definitely. We'll be here all day if we're listening to my struggles. <laughs> well, so so tell me a little bit about personal life compared to negative neighborhood connections. Tell me how that how that balances into you do giving so much service because this is a lot of time, right? Right. How much time do you put in neighborhood connections? A, a lot week? a lot of time. A lot of time. But I lost my husband a few years ago. So this has been a blessing for me. Why? What gives me purpose, keeps me going. Makes me feel like I'm doing something. There's a lot of people who lose their spouse and they and they go the other way. Why do you think you are able to to keep giving so much? I really don't know. I uh, it makes me happy. It makes me happy to do things for other people. So how can we take how can we take that same love and passion from you, and how can we put that in our own lives? I think in St. George, there's a lot of people that, that do that already. I think a lot of people in St. George, more than I've ever known in my life, do that. This is a giving community. I think we're lucky to be living here. Not only is it friendly, but it is giving, and people are kind here. So to put it in, I think you've just got to step up. You know, I mean, it's easy just to say, gee, I feel crummy I don't want to go out I'm sad you know it's easier just to stay on the couch but you know you you just get out there and once you're out then it's great and you think why the heck was I thinking about you know (laughs) it's great and seeing all these nice people and having fun and making new friends you know just you just um, it's hard but you know you just got to do it you just got to do it and it's worth it okay so you are the pinnacle of giving service, and I say that with all the well, respect. I'm just I'm, – I'm going to – you can't argue. You just have to say thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> because what you do is is truly incredible, and it's 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 an honor to get to have you come here and, and to, to tell us what you're doing so we can feel more excited about doing this. And I think sometimes we, we almost shy away from people who are doing such great greatness because we're, we, we judge ourselves and we say – well, I could never live up to what Donna's doing. I could never live up to what they're doing in that organization. Well, my goal here is is to be able to say, well, okay, maybe I can't live up to what she's doing, but maybe I can help. Maybe I can give. If I can't give of my time, can I give some of my money? Can I give something else? What can I do to help? Is that fair? Right. Yes. So how do we, me and you, how do we help the listeners feel that desire to say, okay, I need to give, I need to serve a little bit more, whether financially or whether uh, time-wise, how can how can we get them to do that? They can phone me. They can get on the website and email me or phone me. And uh, if we're putting a pack together, they can come on over and help. They can, if we've got enough room at the school that week, they can come over and help hand out the packs. There's a lot they can do. Do you, do, you ha- a lot. do you have people reaching out to you that says, hey, we want to come help? Oh, yes. All, all the time. Okay. All the time, yeah. And is there— Maybe you, not all the time, but a lot. A lot. Could there? Could you use more help? 
Um, sure. We can always use more help to do okay. something. Yes, always use more help. Okay. And is there – so phoning you, putting on online, and we'll have you put your information at the bottom of this. Yes. So that way they can they can reach out to you. Do you guys – you said several times about church groups. Can church groups phone you and say, hey, oh, I'd like to help? Oh, church groups have been a huge blessing. Yeah. Uh, uh, and a lot of different space. But I would have to say especially the, uh, the Mormon churches really – but, you know, the Presbyterians have, the Lutherans have, everybody, the, you know, um, the, the, uh, the rabbi is a huge help to us here in town. She's great. Uh, I'm going to be speaking. They've just asked me to speak in a week or so at the Interfaith Council. So, yes, they've, they've all really done an amazing job. Well, I don't care which religion you are when it comes to hungry kids. Oh, it doesn't matter. I don't They're care. They're hungry. Who cares? It doesn't matter what race, religion, no, color, I don't anything. Care. Yeah, you got a hungry little kid. Yeah. You need to feed that kid. Yeah, and we're not. Uh, occasionally, we've had the odd volunteer, not that often, say something that. Um, well, how do you know that um, that the parents are deserving? And and I just go, I don't care. You know, I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to judge anybody. If you come up and tell me you're hungry, you're hungry. I don't care what you're driving or what kind of clothes you got on. I don't care. You say you're hungry. We're feeding you, period. And all of us on our board are of the, of the same like mind. We just, we're just here to feed you. We're not here to judge you. Now that, now that, we don't care. Now that is something that is – you keep saying things that just – you're getting higher on the pedestal. <laughs> oh, man. It's so, it's so easy for us to judge I know. someone else. I know. You know, you'll see somebody come up. Um, we do this other thing with Rotary. Once a month, we um, we work with the Utah Food Bank, and we put these bags of food together for families. And we uh, and we're at the Nissans out in Washington in their parking lot, and people drive up, and we give them food. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes the cars are really, really nice. And we've had on the odd occasion the odd volunteers make a crack about the cars. They don't know about that car. They don't know maybe they're behind in payments. They don't know that it's not the neighbors. They don't know anything. We're not here to judge. People say they're hungry, then you feed them, period. That's how, anyways, that's my philosophy well, <laughs> for what it's worth. I have an issue with it, with judging people. And so <laughs> you're really hitting me hard on... It's on- easy to do. You think, gee, that's a really nice phone they got, right? But you know... Uh, everybody has to have a phone these days, right? You can't do anything without a phone. So, yeah, the homeless have phones. Who cares? You know, I don't care. All I'm saying is, Lord, this lady <laughs> has better have a straightway ticket yeah. to the other side. I'm hoping. <laughs> so well, we've got about 30 seconds left. Okay. Tell me what final thoughts, what can we do to help you? Our biggest need is finance, financial need. That is our biggest need. Or... Uh, and it doesn't even have to be personal. If you've got a group of people and you don't even have to give us cash, look on our look on our webpage and you see the products that we need. You can go and buy the products, do a food drive, you know, do a bake sale, anything. But that's what we need. We need product and we need and we need money. Thank you. So to to wrap up final words here, stop judging. <laughs> I'm talking to myself here, you guys. Stop <laughs> judging other people. When it comes to kids, I could never judge a kid for being hungry. That's not the point. No. It's judging. If someone says they're hungry, you just feed them. Yeah. And when you said that that struck a chord, 
chord in my heart. So again, we had Donna McBean today with Neighborhood Connection. And Thanks it was, for having me. It was a wonderful time. Please look below on our Facebook Live. Donate. Come to the golf tournament. Go to the gala. Reach out and start helping some of the locals, uh, local nonprofits, especially ones that are helping feed kids. Thank you again. This is Peyton from Radio St. George, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. See you next week.